All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fucksicles? How are you? I am Mark Marin. This is WTF. Welcome to the show. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being here. I appreciate your uh, attention and support. Those of you who are in, hanging out, listening to this. Chris D'Elia is on the show today. If you don't know Chris, he's a comedian who, uh, I think I did a live one with him a while back from Montreal, but I didn't really get to know him. I think I might have got to know him a little better this time. Uh, He's on that show Undateable on NBC. Uh, Season two of that show premieres next Tuesday, March 17th. Chris D'Elia, who when I met initially, when I first got back to Los Angeles, he was, uh, I guess, I don't know how long he's been doing it at that point, but he was this kind of weird, darty guy that used to wear a hoodie and just hang around the comedy store and not really hold eye contact very long and kind of just almost like couldn't stand still, really. I did. I never, never, had never had a good feeling about the guy. And I saw him around, I saw him around, and he started to get a little, uh, little attention on stage, and it became one of those things where it's like, all right, let's talk, let's do it. So I talked to Chris D'Elia in a little while, but I'm going to talk to you first. Let me update you on some tour information for the Mark Marin Marination Tour, if I may, if you are interested. I don't know if you know, but I will be in Rochester, New York, or outside of Rochester, New York, at the Comedy Club on March 20th and 21st, doing four shows up there. And uh, there are tickets available. So why don't, you, why don't you come on down if you're in that area? But I'm going to D.C., I'm going to Philly, I'm going to Boston, I'm going to Madison, Pittsburgh, Royal Oak, Michigan, outside of Detroit, Toronto, Austin, Houston, Dallas, Seattle, Vancouver, San Francisco, Asheville, North Carolina, Charleston, South Carolina, Atlanta, New Orleans for now. There's talk about adding more dates, more cities. Uh, Some second shows have been added in Asheville, uh, North Carolina. Just added a second show there. Seattle, uh, Boston, Toronto. There are two shows in Philly. Things are looking up. Go to WTFpod.com slash calendar for that. I got to get that thing in shape. I'm immersed in the last week of shooting my show. I'm exhausted uh, I, I'm not complaining. Uh, I'm just beat up. And this is my directing week. So I directed a bit uh, yesterday and the day before. Today I'm directing all day. Very exciting. New skills. It's tricky to direct yourself because uh, I'm a pain in the ass. And, I, and I, don't, I don't take direction well, especially not for myself, ever. So I just got to shut up, move through it. That's the weirdest thing lately about being as uncomfortable as I can be uh, in certain situations. And um, there's this part of my brain that basically says, don't even pay attention to that. Don't even pay attention to the discomfort. It's just the way it is. It's not always going to be that way. But right now, it's just the way it is. Why focus on it? Why not just shut that part off, acknowledge it, and do what you have to do. All right? It's what big surprise you're fucking uncomfortable. And that's uh, that's the way I that's the way I work. That's my work ethic. I'm uncomfortable, uh terrified sometimes, not as much as I used to be. 
And I'm just not going to pay attention to those things. It's going to plow ahead like a, a dumb person for the right reasons, if that makes any sense. Someone plowed their fucking car into me the other day. I got rear-ended, and it's jarring. I'd forgotten that surprise. I'm always anticipating hitting something. I'm always anticipating hitting a car, hitting a person, hitting a curb, a wall, someone hitting me. But you don't oh it's you don't ever really remember that sound and that feeling until it happens to you. And I was just waiting to go at a green light. And the light turned green. We were starting to move. There were two cars in front of me. And just like kaboom! And I just flew back. Shit flew off the dash. And I flew forward. And then she hit me again. Bam! I don't know how that happened. But that that undeniable, dense crunching of metal and that thud that and you feel completely out of control. That moment is sort of terrifying. Then it ended, and I looked behind me, and I'm, you know that with that kind of like, how the fuck did that happen? It wasn't my fault. I wasn't texting. I was sitting there, wasn't moving. So I pull over, and this woman gets out of a Mercedes SUV, an old one though. And she's like, uh, I don't know what happened. Her car is pretty fucked up. My car is all fucked up. Drivable, but big old dent. And it kind of buckled the side a little bit, you know, like a hit the back end and buckled the side. And she's, you know, going like, I had my glasses. And I'm like, what? What? Uh, my glasses? I don't know. What I, my glasses came down. And I'm like, oh, I don't What? What is happening? She goes, why were you stopped? And I'm like, Cause there's a car in front of me. But, you know, he exchanged information. I'm glad nobody was hurt. And I'm not one of those guys. You know, what kind of person? Yeah, I, I mean, I guess there is a type of person. I've never been the type of person. Like, like would immediately, right when they got hit like that, would immediately be like, oh, my neck. My neck. My neck needs some money. I, I've never been that guy. Ever, even when I didn't have money. I was just uh, I was I was always sort of wary of lawsuits for no reason. I didn't see it as an entitlement. Hey man, you should get whatever you can no matter what. Personal morality is not important. Personal integrity is not important, man. Game the system. Take it. It's yours. But uh there's something great about having a car you don't give a shit about. That is a freeing thing. I don't give a fuck. I, I was on Sunday, and they haven't called me. I called the claim into her insurance company. There's no way that she can claim that it wasn't her fault. But, uh, but, uh, and I'm not even mad at her, really. It's just an accident. I'm glad I'm, you know, no one's hurt, but I don't give a fuck about my car. And in my mind, I'm like, maybe I can get enough money to sort of take the money that to fix it properly and spread it around a little bit and maybe undent the whole car a little because <laughs> it's all beat up for me, you know, running into walls of uh, beside my driveway because I'm not paying attention. And Yeah, I am proud to have a car I don't give a fuck about. And, I, and I, now it has character. It has character. It's scarred. It's, uh, it's wounded. But you guys, you might remember uh, a while back, uh, I talked to a guy named Denny Tedesco on this show. I was back on episode 517. He's the son of Tommy Tedesco, 
who was a member of the Wrecking Crew, and they were a, a, a group of studio musicians that were on just about every album from you know Sinatra forward through the Beach Boys. I mean, they were all studio musicians here in L.A., and it, it, they're a fascinating group of people. And at that time, Denny was attempting to make a documentary about the Wrecking Crew, and he, he was working on it for 18 years. It was a real struggle. There were a lot of issues with music rights and other you know roadblocks of this kind and that. And when I talked to Denny, he wasn't even sure if, he, if the movie was ever going to get released. It was, it, was a, it was sort of a heartbreaking conversation because this was his life's work and he, he had some, uh, some real problems. So he wasn't sure that it was going to happen. All right, so 1996, I start this. I like to say 17 years ago, 17 years younger and uh, 35 pounds lighter. Uh-huh. Basically, when I started in 96, Dad got sick, right? He passes away in 97. And right after he passed, I put a, together a nice 14-minute teaser reel. I got Nancy Sinatra. I got Cher in it at this point. I got everybody going. But no one would touch this damn thing because the music. And they all said- The licensing. The licensing. They said, you got- Oh, my God. I didn't even think about no, that. No, yeah. At that point, I you know now the film's got 120 songs in it. And, 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 and what, 90 of them are hits? Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. 98%, exactly. Yeah. So I said, to, I, so I kept going to everybody, say, you're never going to get the labels and the publishers to agree on this. It's impossible. Yeah. Well, I had to keep shooting and go on and carry on. You have to have the music. Right. You yeah. can't tell the story without it. Right. So, I, you know, you could talk about it. Well, it was going to be a shit documentary. Right. So I kept going and no one would ever jump in. Finally, in 2006, I always talk about crossing that line where you went too far. And um, my wife thought we just made the most expensive home movie ever. Yeah. You know, it was like, in, you know. We're, How much are you into it for? Oh, at that point, a couple hundred thousand. Yeah. You know, and now, God, I don't even, I, I cringe. Because yeah. I look at, you know, it's my house. Yeah. And um, so we said, all right, let's make the one jump. Let's yeah. go for it. We got to get an editor, producer, slash. And so I got Claire Scanlon, who was my editor. And um, we cut this thing. Yeah. In 2008, we got into the film festivals. Yeah. Did it remarkably, remarkably well. Yeah. Excuse if easy for us, I, I could say. Won a lot of awards, and no one, no one would touch it. But I got couldn't distribute it. But I you could show it. it. I could show it, but I paid for the you know festival use. Yeah. But we got Kickstarter finally came in. I had to go. I needed like three hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. To really do everything. Yeah. And I reached for two fifty and got three hundred. Yeah. So we paid off the musicians union. Okay. I have a few more songs now. Now I'm hoping to God. As we, you know, you added a few songs. No, no, we've we've paid. We only have a few more songs. I did actually add a couple more <laughs> since you've seen it. Yeah, <laughs> don't tell anybody. Okay, I'm paying for it. Just don't tell my yeah, wife. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what I had to do is basically, I still pay. Now I've only got maybe four songs left to pay, and I'm done. I free 100 percent own this thing outright. Holy shit! So I I played by the rules. I did yeah. not. You know, I've not released this film. And your father would have appreciated that. Absolutely. He was a union guy. He yeah. got it. You know, so I'm just hoping to get this thing out there. I'm yeah. doing fundraisers. I'm doing literally, I'm doing private screenings. I do, I've shown this film all around the world. Well, got good news for Denny. And I'm, and I'm proud to say that uh, you know, after talking to him, that it's finally happened. The movie is going to be in theaters tomorrow, folks. They got all the issues straightened out and got a distributor. And now you can see the movie in theaters and uh, very soon on DVD. You can go to WreckingCrewFilm.com to find out where it's playing. And I want to personally congratulate Denny Tedesco for hanging in there, man. 
He did it. I it, it's a good story, man. It's a good story, and it's 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 a good like someone should have made a documentary about Denny making the fucking documentary. This season of Marin's gonna be a trip, man. Gonna be some surprises. We worked hard. I I dug deep for the acting this week. I didn't think I could do it. I didn't think I could do what I had to do, and I feel I feel like I did it. I did it the best I could, folks. It's all you can do. The best you can do. All you can do is give it your all and not beat the shit out of yourself afterwards and say, well, that wasn't good enough. All right, let's talk to Crystalia. Uh, let me say what he's got. What has he got? Oh, he's got this new stand-up special called White Male Black Comic. You can get it on iTunes, Amazon, and at ChrisDelia.com. For just five bucks, he's got the undateable thing. All right, let's talk to Crystalia. know eagle rock that's sort of yeah but that's where this is this is right over the hill basically i've been there you have yeah eagle rock yeah what are you doing over there it was it was so long ago i don't even know (laughs) (laughs) did you grow up here i did yeah and that's why i know eagle rock but when when um when they sent me the email they were like it's near eagle rock and i was like oh yeah i remember that place yeah so it's good it's still here from some weird part of your past yeah i grew up in um La Kenyatta, you know, so, uh, well, kind of, I mean, since I moved there when I was 12. So. La Kenyatta? Yeah. That's like down the street. Is it really that close to here? Well, on the two. Yeah, on the two, right, exactly, yeah. Wait, so you just drove by the exit of this I plate. did, now that I realized it was the two, yes. Right? Yeah, I was just following GPS like an idiot. No, but I mean, it's funny, though, I that, you know, it, like, there's some places, even where you grow up, where you're like, I don't know, I, I've driven by that area. Oh, yeah. For the, my entire life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I would never go there. Yeah. Well, why would you go to La Cunada unless you lived there, really? It's like well, such a home. Well, there's a place. gym that I just joined in La Crescenta. Oh, really? Which is down the street. <laughs> oh, so it is that close. It's wow. That, like, La Crescenta is like next to La Cunada. Okay, Exactly. Cool. Right. So it's like it's like literally, like I just canceled my Y membership in Hollywood because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I can just That's drive. That's too far. Ten, it's like 10 minutes to, oh, wow. to La Crescenta from here. That's funny. Do your I, folks still live there? Yeah, they live in La Cunada, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'll go there after this. <laughs> will you no because they're not oh no they are there yeah they're just they just got back in town yeah wait wait so where where where'd you start out though where would you where were you born new jersey you you're a new jersey yeah. guy i felt that yeah i knew that yeah because i mean the first time i i think i like registered your existence yeah was uh like i guess i moved back to los angeles 2002 and then i did the our america stuff then i started going to the store and uh, and I guess it was like 2006 or something around there. You know, I knew a few guys there, but you were always like sort of looming around with a yeah. hoodie, yes. not really talking. Right. Like you were like, this Chris. And I'm like, what does he do? Yeah. <laughs> Very quiet. Yeah. And I'm like, what is that guy? I know. I don't, I, I have like a fear of like, get, like being involved. Like if there's a group already. Yeah. Which the comedy store is very much a. A, like a yeah. fraternity like you know place but it shifts though i mean it's, it does no evolving but stream, but yeah. i didn't know that going right. in right so when i went in i was like i just don't want to say the fucking wrong thing <laughs> like i remember once uh i, I actually i actually have a, a memory of set of of which maybe like made me the quiet person there around the comedy store i was um i'm friends with steve Ryan. He's easy right now he's he's actually like i, I love the guy yeah 
but I I didn't understand his style and vibe. Yeah. And uh, I had been married for like a year and a half. Really? Yeah. When I started stand up, I was married for about a year and a half. What year was that? Uh, two thousand and six. Really? Yeah. Okay. And and Ranazizi was married like the same like a month later uh, right. than I was and and so I so he said he, I overheard him <laughs> I overheard him uh saying yeah cuz I've been married now for about 6 months and I said and I I just was like ah oh, that's a connection yeah. you know right. I mean I didn't think that's a connection right. but I was like it's just yeah. conversation this is how life is so right. I'll say something now <laughs> and uh this, this is how it works yeah and I said oh yeah no no shit me too yeah. and he said uh oh yeah when'd you get married and I was like uh well I got married in 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 August and he said oh well I got married in September that was seven months to me <laughs> and I was like Jesus Christ <laughs> end of conversation yeah I was like uh yeah I mean I guess I can't argue with that but I mean like and then I was like man it's fucking rough out here <laughs> <laughs> I can't even get in on like a month off and I'm out yeah I know I know and I and I and I've talked to Steve about that since and I was like yo I why did you say that <laughs> like sick who gives a fuck if it's six months or seven months yeah and he was like I don't know he he actually said I don't know probably because it wasn't fucking six months <laughs> and so I was like yeah I get I get it now I get it here and I get you now but back then I was like hypersensitive to like being the new guy so, oh, so you were just awkward yeah yeah because like i just uh i didn't know what you were up to and I, like i remember looking at you i'm like how that kid doesn't even look like he can talk i know i mean how the fuck is he gonna be funny that guy i know and like in literally i i just remembered you wearing a hoodie all the time i know i did i wore right. hoodies all and the it was time. like you were just kind of lurking around yeah and i but then again like i never hung out and necessarily watched people you know so right and then by the time I saw you, I'm like, that was that kid with the hoodie? He's, <laughs> now he's jumping around. He's screaming. He's, yeah, he's like yeah. huge. <laughs> I couldn't fucking believe it. But your parents are both from Jersey? Well, my dad's from Queens, New York. Queens? Yeah. And my mom's from Newark. Oh, yeah, so you're real fucking East Coast. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. So wait, so but your dad was, um, Ita oh, he's an Italian guy. Yeah, my dad's Italian. Like I'm, real Italian? My mom's Italian. I'm half Italian, so yeah. whatever that equals. What do you mean? So your mom's not Italian? No, my mom's Italian and my dad's Italian, but my mom's also Polish and I think my dad's Irish too. Oh, really? I don't know. So they're not like, <laughs> you're I mean, not clear you know, on I'm it? I'm American, you know? I, no, I know. <laughs> but you, you didn't have any of that in your family? You don't have like- a, Oh, my Ita my family, if like, if you, like I have an Uncle Vinny. Yeah. Like, I mean, if when we go back, people yeah. are just like, hey, oh, they, it's that. It's, yeah, that's just, your father's side. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And, and my mother's side too, though. Like, yeah. they'll be like- you know, uh, yeah, like I've I had a cousin Butch, mm -hmm. like I mean, real Italian shit. Uh huh. Where it was like I would watch The Sopranos and be like, "Oh, that's comforting." Yeah. You know? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That feels like home to me. Yeah. So you grew and up they in would it. lie, you know, yeah. like my family would say shit like, uh, "Yeah, you know, he's connected," and you're like, uh, "He's not," but okay, you know, like that <laughs> right. kind of shit. Every Italian family right. Every, is like, yeah. they they think they got the one guy. Absolutely. Stole a truck once. Absolutely. And that's it. So so you grew up with that kind of like what spaghetti and yeah, you know, pasta and my dad, grandmother. My dad would cook. Yeah, uh, pasta all the time. I mean, we had pasta probably, fuck every almost every day. Did you have a grandmother? Yeah, my mom's mom, Carmela. Right. Yeah, another Italian. Yeah. Name. Uh, would cook. Yeah, she would cook the meat sauce. I like I that. like knowing that you're from New Jersey. <laughs> there's there's something uh, about the, like because I you know my family comes from New Jersey, but you don't strike me as oh, like okay. a, you're not you know I don't identify you as like the you know kind of a um, Italian guy. Yeah, I I don't I don't know, man. I 
uh, when I um, I think part of well, you know me just from when I've been doing stand up, and yeah. I think that when I when I when I was you know now as a stand up, like I, I I always feel like comedians are repping other places, right? And I came up here, and I want to be like I'm from L.A. Yeah, you know what I mean. So yeah. because I started in L.A., right? You know, so um, and that's rare. Yeah, it's a weird thing. It is. I know. Well, and I know why now that I started yeah. in LA because it's hard to keep the eyes off of you when you're when you're when you're working shit out. New. Like, I mean. Oh yeah, it's hard to. Ter- it's, yeah, terrible. It's, it's hard to. Uh, it's hard to uh, to be anonymous. Yeah. But yeah. was that okay? So your father when you were twelve years old, why did your father move you? Like he, he's a TV guy. Yeah, right? he, he's a director and a producer. But like a big shot. Yeah. Right? He, he. Yeah. He's done a lot of stuff. Yeah. TV. Yeah. yeah. So you grew up in the business, kind of. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, when we, when we, when I was twelve, uh, we moved out. My dad was uh, a commercial director, like, and he had a company in New York, and he would yeah. drive there every day. Right. And then when we moved from New York, it was like he got a gig directing Doogie Howser. I think was the first thing he directed. Uh, really? TV wise, yeah. Stephen okay. Boschko gave, yeah. gave him his first job, and my dad says to this day he still has no fucking idea why he gave it to him, but he got, you know, he he he. Directed Doogie Howser, and then he would like f- fly back and forth, and then it got to the point where he was getting enough work. He got on that show. He was one of the directors on that show, Northern Exposure. Sure, and and he so he was out here enough to where he would stay out here like for a few months, right? And then it just became let's go visit Dad in L.A., and then it became okay, let's live in L.A. So he was kind of not around for a while. Yeah, but not not like not like we're not Dad? like any, we don't remember you. Not any kind of damaging. They didn't shit fuck going you up. On. No, no, something else did. Not that. Yeah, that did not fuck me up. <laughs> No. Something did. Something made you screwy. Maybe, yeah. So, all right. So he's directing Doogie Hauser. Yeah. And then what else does he do? So you move out here, but you moved to he moves to La Crescenta, so you're not Hollywood. La Cunada. No, La yeah. Cunada. He, we moved to La Cunada, and I remember the whole, the big thing there was like, hey, Kevin Costner lives here. He used to live there. Yeah. And uh, and I moved there when I was in. You know, I guess I was in. It was right when everyone went to middle school. So my parents were like, hey. Uh, it's great because all the kids are coming from different schools, you know. Right, like, right. And that was kind of good. Uh, but I remember when I got there. This is this is actually pretty embarrassing. Not not so much now because I'm a fucking man, but like, <laughs> I remember being. I loved the show Nine Hundred Two One Zero, the first one, not yeah. not the one that's on now. The original, or a few years ago. Yeah, the yeah. original. Yeah. And I loved Luke Perry. Yeah. And I thought he was so cool. And I did my hair like up like him. Yeah. And I thought that that was how it was. It should be in LA. Like yeah. I was like, well, they live in California. They'll get it. Yeah. You know, Beverly Hills, man. Yeah. Yeah. And when I went, to, I, I just, I would always get made fun of with that hair. They would be like, your fucking hair is so high. Why do you do that? <laughs> and I would never say, cause fucking Luke Perry does it, right. you know? <laughs> but I knew that that was like, I was like, and I, I'm, I'm such like a fucking, I'm, I'm so like hard headed that I would be like, they don't know how it is in California. <laughs> This is how you do your hair in California. <laughs> You're in California, but they're missing the point. This kid coming from New Jersey with a grandmother named Carmela was like, they don't get it. They don't get the California lifestyle. So, but but you were you identify with it early on. So you're like what, thirteen or fourteen? I was thirteen. Yeah, I was thirteen, fourteen, and, and then and you wanted to be Luke Perry. Yeah. Well, he was pretty cool, I guess, right? He, you know, he was like the cool guy when you were right. thirteen. Yeah. But and my dad would direct that show, so I got to meet him, and I was like, Well, wait a minute. So wait, you're fourteen. Yeah. So your dad's like, Yeah, I direct that. My show. dad, my no, my dad was like. I'm going to try and get to direct that show because you love that show. Really? Yeah. And he did? And he, he he was able to, to you know, find his way in there and he directed one or two of them. And we went on set and we met all those guys, Jason Priestley. And, did you have your hair up? 
Yeah, 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 I did. As a matter of fact, and you know what? Um, now thinking back on it, my dad must have said something to Luke Perry because my dad was, Luke Perry said, hey, come here. And I, I walked over and he said, hey, you got cool hair. Yeah. yeah. And now actually thinking, of, I mean, I haven't told that story in so long. I, yeah. I Thinking of it, my dad must have said, you know, hey, my, my, my son kid, loves he, you. He your loves your hair. hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you like uh, like John Travolta with Al Pacino and Saturday Night yeah. Live. <laughs> right, right, right. Al Pacino. Only the way less cool version. Uh, so, all right, so you, you're doing that. You're doing your hair up yeah. in junior high. Yeah. And your dad's direct. Now, was that the first time you'd been to a set? N- uh, no, I was. I went to Doogie Hauser and yeah. I went to Northern Exposure. When you were like 13? Yeah. Well, but there, wasn't Northern Exposure taping way up there? Where, uh, did, where did it tape? Uh, where did that tape? I yeah, it that was in taped, Portland or something. Yeah, it did. But we went up there. Oh, you I did? think we did. Yeah, and we took a trip up there. That's right. We took a trip up there. And uh, I remember John Corbett being the nicest guy, man. Um, he would just like, he would just be really cool and like, you know. Yeah. You, you hear all these stories about oh, they're stars. Don't bother them. Yeah. But he was the, the coolest. Uh, and then you know I got to meet like all the cat. It was just cool. It was just fucking cool. So did did As you want it? Did you know you wanted to do that? I, it, it for me it was never, uh, it was never an a thought to even ever do anything else. Like it was never, like well, it's weird, I guess, because you know you you see your it it's it, it's practical to you right. because your dad's in the business. Right, You're like there's a job people have. Yeah, you know, like in, obviously you want to be you know uh, what's his name Luke Perry. Yeah. But nonetheless, the, your access to it was that, like, my dad goes to work there. It's, it's like an available job. There must have been some, like, closeness to it. Like, it didn't seem like it was impossible. It No, because that was, yeah, as well, I was a kid thinking about that. Yeah. Just, you know, my, my, my parents and, and my even my brother, who's younger than me, yeah. they're, 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 they're so, like, legitimately entertaining and funny. And, and, and it was just kind of our language, you know? Are and, they funnier than you? I mean, here's the thing. They, we all make fun of each other as a family. Yeah. And um, it's just kind of how we talk, you know? Right. And uh, I, I feel like I always got it the hardest. Yeah. And I think that, um, I, I mean, I remember feeling like, not so much with the family, but because like, they, you know, there was love there all the time. Like, remember feeling like, oh, I got to, I got to. Come back! I gotta say something funny, you know, <laughs> to be part of this. You poor know, like guy, poor kid with the Luke Perry haircut, <laughs> getting his balls busted. And by they his would whole fuck family. with me too. My dad would call me Ledgehead. Yeah, yeah. But your parents are still married. Yeah. So you like grew up in a state. I know, man. I, I I know everyone. Every time I read an article, it's like, oh, comedians have demons and shit. I always think like, maybe my demons are like, where are my demons? <laughs> They're, Maybe God. they're in there real, real far. <laughs> you get along with your parents? Yeah, they're fucking awesome. <laughs> I love them so much. It's, it's so weird Have to say. Do you see them often? All the time. <laughs> I saw them yesterday. I love it. I, I, yeah, I don't... I, but I mean, like, it's sort of interesting because you, like, you, you know, you, you, you have an intensity to you and a you know, fundamental social discomfort right. that, you know, when you see you, you're like, that guy, yeah. that guy, he's trouble, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you're just nervous in general? Uh, yeah, a lot of... A lot of times people think, you know, or, or, you know, people like, they'll be like, like a lot, a lot of times people think like, oh, he's a a bro or mm-hmm. something, you know, like right. I, I couldn't be further from that. Like I don't. I, no, you're like a loner. Yeah. And I think all that shit is, is in your head, you know? So it's like, you're an outsider if you feel like you're an outsider, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Not necessarily because you're, you're a fucking weirdo. Well, I think they just associate the look 
and maybe yeah. the confidence of like yeah. who you are on screen right. or, or on stage. But you're like one of those guys, not unlike a lot of us, you know, you do your thing and then off stage you're like, Ugh. oh man, if I like all it takes. Yeah. I, I actually, I remember this is before you knew who I was. Yeah. Um, I obviously knew who you were. I've known who you were forever. But um, when I, by the way, my dad's a big fan of yours. Oh, really? Yeah, he really is. Yeah, oh, he really nice. is. Um, I should say that. But he, so I remember you were at the improv one night. Yeah. This was 2007 or 8, yeah. 7 probably. And I was like, oh, fucking Mark Maron's on. And, and I, I went to go watch you and, and you came off stage and I was like, and and you just were in your own head just thinking about some shit. Yeah. I was the only person in the hallway. I remember how it used to be yeah. like with the hallway right. coming up. And then uh and I and I was like, "Hey man, that was great. That was hilarious." And you were like, "Eh, I fucked up." <laughs> 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 and I was like, and I was like, "How could he think he fucked up?" I remember this is before I really was, you know, doing yeah, well, I wasn't like, a professional, you're you know. You were just doing it like a year. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, "How could he think he fucked up?" And now I totally know what that feeling is like, you know? <laughs> Like I just absolutely like because all it takes is one little thing. You get off stage and somebody says something like, "Oh man, you were much better than last night." Yeah, you're like, "Oh, what fucking happened last night?" Yeah, I thought last night was good. Tonight was not that, that good. That fuck that fucks that fucks you. That fucks me up. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, like yeah, we're, we're like I you know I think that's one of the things that people don't realize especially when you have the kind of confidence you have right. on stage or yeah. whatever that with me because i'm bleeding all the time right and in yelling and complaining yeah, yeah, or yeah. something you know that it's not so surprising that off stage i might be a little insecure but right. i think with somebody like you they're like what yeah but you don't show it that much you just sort of like mind your own business you're a mind your own business guy yeah i i um you have friends right oh yeah i i do i i i have i'm i'm fortunate i have friends that i fucking love and for, forever or like comics for, for a long time yeah for a long time yeah yeah but, like you do a podcast right yeah how how often does that go up um it's like twice a week it's a 10 minute podcast it's, we do 10 minutes and you do it with brian brian callen and will sasso i don't know if i know sasso yeah i, I know, know brian yeah well of course you know brian yeah but, uh, <laughs> i think we're okay him yeah. and i sometimes oh yeah he's, the last i checked we're okay yeah he's never said anything bad about you yeah yeah um but uh uh you yeah, have old we, friends like from high school. Yeah, uh, well, high school, I, I, I have like one friend that I keep. Oh no, I have two friends I keep in touch with from high school. One was my brother's friend that is like one of my best friends now, and the other you stole one, your brother's friend. Yeah, no, he's still closer to my brother. Yeah, all right, um, How, what's the age difference? My brother's uh, three and a half years younger than me. What's he do? He's a director. Yeah, like yeah. successful. Yeah, he he did a movie called American Animal that was um it's on Netflix now and it, you know it was it actually was on like very, it was very it was one of those movies that was very critically like what was it about? It was about a guy who is dying. Yeah, and he decides one day that he's not sick anymore and he's just gonna live by those rules. Yeah, and it's kind of the devolve like it, it shows him devolving mentally and physically over the course of like three days and it all takes place in like an apartment. So it's, does he it's, end up kicking the sickness? No, uh, no. It just it's it's kind of he doesn't die or not die. It's just kind of like his deterioration, and it's it's sad, but it's funny too. It's, Did your brother uh, write it? He wrote it, directed it, and he he's plays the guy. Oh, really? And and a lot of critics. Uh, What's his name? Loved it, Matt Macalia. Yeah. yeah, he was on some top five list, top ten list. Oh yeah. yeah, but it it was one of those movies that just kind of didn't make a sure make it easy for yeah. him to do his second movie. Oh, why? Because it was so personal or so? Well, no, it was just, it was very specific and very, it was very specific, you know? It's like, uh, but 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 we have 
other stuff that we're 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 putting together that we're trying to do. Me, and you him, and so. him, yeah. You're yeah. working together now, dude. I just like working with people I like, man. Well, I hope that's good. You like you your know? brother, then? Yeah. What about your old man? What's he? Is he get involved? Uh, he, he actually directed my last special. Did he? Yeah. The, uh, uh, the white male black comic. Yeah. He uh, that I did for Comedy Central. White he, male black comic. Yeah. Yeah. He um, it was funny too because uh, <laughs> I I asked him. I was like, Hey, Dad, can I? Will you direct my special? And he was like, You want me to f- fucking direct your special? And I was like, Yeah. And he was like, Fuck yeah, I would love to. And I was like, All right, cool. Just so you know, like I'm hiring you. <laughs> Like just as a joke, you yeah. Know? And it was funny too because he made like you know he made like no money, right? Of course, right. And you, of course, he doesn't give a shit about it, I right? Mean, he's the most sentimental guy in the, in the fucking on the planet. So right. he was like, my son, you know. Yeah. But uh, um, I joke around about him. I, you know, he made a few few thousand dollars, and I was like, now I paid you back for everything. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're even. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So he did a good job, I assume. Yeah, I loved the way it looked and turned out. And is it popular? Did it do well? It it did really well for me, yeah. Yeah, yeah. In what way? It Just in put terms butts of butts and seats. Did it? Absolutely, yeah. Big change. Yeah, big. Yeah. From, um, uh, you know what happened actually from Netflix? It's, no, it was on Comedy Central. But oh, you know what happened yeah. is there was a a bit that got online that mm-hmm. went viral that was like that changed kind of kind of changed everything. Really? Yeah. Which bit? It, it was a bit I do about uh, drunk girls. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's it 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 um. It, it got to a point, not really now, but where people would be like coming to see, like, do, if I shoot something and it airs, I don't, I don't do that joke anymore because I want to work on other shit. You know, I think, right? I think other comics are that way too. But it's the way we think. But like, I, you know, I'm of two minds about it. I mean, like, I don't always know, especially when you're just breaking. All right. So let's right. say you get known That's, for that bit. Yeah. Right. And then all of a sudden, people want to like. There's yeah. two kinds of people. They're yeah. like, I hope he does new shit. But right. those are people that have been watching you for years. Right. But some people are going to see that bit. Some right. people are bringing friends. They're like, let's go see him do that That's bit. That's true. But oh, it's look, a, at, look at Jim Gaffigan. For a million years, Hot yeah. Pockets. He couldn't get rid of Hot Pockets. That's And they do, now he does it as an encore sometimes. Really? Yeah. Yeah, encores are cool. But, but, <laughs> but to me, and it, you know, with all due respect, it was a little different back then because you can just YouTube it now you right. know what i mean so it's like i'm of the mindset was like when somebody calls out do the drunk girls thing i, I just I, I fucking say youtube that shit really yeah i got new stuff uh-huh. if you don't, i hope you like this here we go you yeah. know i just feel like that's the no, way no i i mean i do that too and i and i think yeah. that's right but nobody really there's nobody in my 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 audience is sort of troubled well, polite, right sensitive <laughs> Like I, I don't think you and I, I have the same audience. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, usually they're grownups, yeah. and they're you know they're yeah, yeah. they're not going to be sitting there taping my bits right. clandestinely. I don't think I've ever been taped in a club where they uh. put it up. It's never been a threat for me, which is a testament to having a good audience. But like the I relationship I have with my audience is so intimate because of this thing, yeah. and whatever. It's but really, like, it's true. That's truly awesome, man. I envy that. Right, but I feel the in, insane pressure to to come up with with new stuff, or to at hmm. least. Like you, know, and, I, yeah. and you do too. But you know, for the no, YouTube I guess thing, I see but what you're saying. but no, but I mean, like, I what are most when you look at out out at your audience? Were they college kids usually? Teenagers? For, what? Well, it's like 20, 30, 20s, thirties. Yeah, yeah. And when when and when the Comedy Central thing happened, like, what you weren't selling out, or now you can sell out. Like, I was a, not selling out, and now comedy I club. am selling out. Yeah. Are you doing theaters? Yeah. I'm doing a theater tour now. Like, like how big? The 800, 900, or 1,200, uh, 1,500? 1, 1,000 to 1,400. Well, that's because of the show, too. 
Yeah, it's all different stuff, you know. Like, right. I, um, I I think that it's good to like. I I have this thing where if I get any sort of like like I was I did this episode of of Workaholics that show on Comedy Central, yeah. and I played a, a pedophile, mm-hmm. and it was it was like a, a really like. Yeah. episode because i played a ch- pedophile but it yeah. was a funny show so right. a lot of a lot of that episode was was very popular and a lot of people um would 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 see me and call me the guy like the guy's name was topher and they'd be yeah. like hey it's topher right like that makes me never want to do that show again do you <laughs> right. know what i mean yeah or if i get popular f- or whatever if if something like that drunk girl's bit yeah if, if people know me from that i don't ever want to do it again why because i don't i don't know i I, I think if I'm being truly honest, this is kind of fucked up, but I've thought about this. I think it has something to do with the fact that I feel a little bit of being totally honest, yeah. I feel a little bit of I feel a little bit shitty that they know me from that bit. Right. And they don't know me. Right. Which is a weird insecure thing. Well, no, absolutely. Yeah. Like you don't want to be uh like you don't think it I get that too, where it's sort of like there's there's like the, even just the other night I did a, a show and I was a little more aggressive than I than right. I I do uh, like I I used to be more aggressive on stage and mm-hmm. push it more and like oversell and get angry, right, right. but I needed to do it because of the situation I was right. in. But I felt ashamed of it, and oh. I know that a, a lot of people are like, ah, man, I didn't know you had it in you, or whatever. Yeah, I used to do that shit all the time. I used to be a lot more aggressive on stage. It's taken me years to relax. So <laughs> some part of my brain, like if somebody came up to me and said, I've never seen you before, you kicked ass. There was part of me that's like, enough of that one. Yeah, I don't want you to. Uh-huh, like I'm not yeah, always yeah. like that. Right. Yeah, right that right. kind. Right, thing. Right. But 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 in 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 you saying that, I mean, I can understand that about Topher. But do you think like you're? Are there bits that you feel like you're really representing yourself, or you just feel that weird insecurity, like um, you're never going to be known, or that anytime anybody likes you, you're like, eh, but you, you don't really know me. I mean, is that in there all the time? I don't know. You know what? Like another thing too that makes me think of what you're saying is, um, or what you're asking is, like I've been doing stand up for about eight and a half years, right? So. But not a long time, really. Right. It certainly doesn't feel like a long time. But, like, you know, my, my first hour was about stuff that I thought was funny. You know? It was What's like special? Yeah. Right. It was, like, you know, stuff that I've observed and, like, I'm like, oh, this is, that's funny to me. You did, talk. like, the German guy? Yeah, well, well, that was before that. But, yeah, I, I talk about how, how, like, black guys laugh or something. Right, You right. know what I mean? And right. And as I get older and as I get older in comedy, it's more fulfilling to talk about stuff that has happened to me or how i feel about a how certain you doing with thing. that stuff is you mean that that you didn't do that on the special i did not do that on the because spe- when i shot my special i think i was 31 or something what was that like two years yeah ago? and um <clears throat> i love i i to me my favorite guys were always silly i love being silly like i just think that that if it's silly like who are your favorite like guys? like eddie murphy or right. jim carrey right or robin williams right you know and um so i big yeah yeah and and i i just think that that that's funny and my and my, i sure, feel like that's me i feel like that's me too so like and also when, i think you get lost in it too because like your offstage personality is you know sort of quiet right and you know like yeah. you you kind of get big yeah like i i know that like a lot of your bits like are, are it's character driven mm-hmm. and it's things that like everyone can understand mm-hmm. and there's like you know you know goofy um 
kind of not stereotypes, but you know, you kind of you, you take a you take something that's familiar and then kind of push it over the top. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, definitely. And that that is definitely what I did on my first special yeah. for sure. And I still have material like that. Uh, I'm going to shoot my next special. Uh and but 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 for instance, there's a bit in my next special that I'm going to do. I I dislike sports. I just don't I never care. Yeah, oh, yeah, I think I've seen this. But and, yeah, I'm not and on to me either. when I I, I, I like the first time I started talking about that bit, I was like, I, I could never get away with saying that. It's a, it's definitely anti bro. That's true, right? Yeah, exactly. And and but it's but it's actually how I feel about it. You yeah. know, so I was like, I'm gonna talk about how I don't like sports and I'm just gonna see how it goes. I saw you do it at Oddball. Right. Yeah, yeah. It right. went good. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I I but now the bit's a little older and I've done it for about a year yeah. or, or a year and a half, and I can't wait to shoot it so I could don't have to do it anymore. But when I first started doing that bit, I was like, man, it feels really good to let people know that I don't like sports. <laughs> you know? It's so funny. It's like the first time you ever spoke your mind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so I, and, and I have- a stand, Yeah, Chris. exactly. And yeah. it felt so fucking good. And it yeah. felt like I was growing up, man. It <laughs> yeah. felt like I was like- As a comic. Yeah, it really did. And I was, and, 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 and I think that um, I did get a little at- at- attention, at least in the clubs, uh-huh. quickly. You know, like early on. Yes. Yeah. Like I was getting thrown, going in between two comics that I'd watched growing up, and I was like, "Oh fuck, I got to be good." You mean when he started, or recently? You mean when I first started? Right. Yeah. And uh, and I was like, I have no business going in between fucking John Caprillo and Dove David or whoever it was. Yeah, you yeah. know. And um, it felt like in the past few years, I've right. really been able to just kind of. Also, I don't give a fuck now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, when you first, you're like, I, I really care what these people uh-huh. think. And <laughs> now I realize, as a comedian, making people laugh is amazing. I love it. But yeah. but I, I really am up there for me. Right. I don't know how, if that's how you feel as well. Like, right. that's, that's really all I got. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never known as a, everyone's entertainer. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No, so, no, but I think it's a natural evolution. I mean, you're eight years in. Yeah. You've got your, you know, you paid your dues a bit and you've got your chops and you know how to do it and you know how to, you know, really blow a room apart. Mm-hmm. And like, and I think also when I see a guy like you, somebody who does some, who's so big on stage mm-hmm. that like, I don't know how you adjust you know from that i i think that the experience of of doing characters and then sort of doing all the physical humor that you do and 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 sort of acting things out Mm -hmm. that eventually when you feel comfortable up there and you and you feel and you feel real confidence as opposed to like i just gotta kill right right that you know you got a little more space right right um and you know that 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 kind of thing like like i i've i've i'm this is this won't be on the next special i do but i've started doing new material now where i'm talking about how like i have I, how I don't have kids and how that makes me feel and how yeah. my friends I'm watching them have kids yeah and that's all very personal to me you know like and yeah. um and that feels therapeutic and and that's now it's like uh, that being said me doing that on stage it's it's not going to take away from me if I'm telling a story about a kid then all of a sudden the kid said this and doing yeah. the kid as a right. character. You know what right. I mean? Like, right. that's just silly and that's just what I like doing. Well, that's you know? how, Well, that's your style. Exactly. So, so now you're saying that you're able to inform your style with more of your point of view. Right. As opposed to just doing, you know, these uh, broad character yeah. bits. Yeah, right. That's good, man. I mean, in eight years, to be quite honest with you, just because you got the success that you've gotten because your ability to uh, to entertain, you know, it's good that you, you still are conscious of growing 
as a comic as who wants to yeah. do something more personal. Yeah. I, I don't, mean, yeah. it's sort of the curse of being able to entertain early right. on. Like most guys kind of stumble through eight years right. and then a break comes. Right, right, right. Like, you know, from the get-go because you were so, you know, you know, big. Yeah. You know, you're like, that guy can do it. Right, and right. You're, all right, I got yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah, right. I'll do yeah, it. Yeah, I had 10 minutes, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, all right, so after, so in high school, what were you doing in high school? Were, were you doing acting? Or yeah, doing- I was doing I was doing acting. I was acting. I was doing, uh, like, plays and shit. So Even, you wanted to be an actor? I did, yeah. I always wanted to be a comedian, but that was so scary to me. So I was like, I'll be an actor yeah, you know, like when I was eleven, I'd be yeah. like, "I'll be an actor, I'll get famous, and then I'll do stand up." Right? Did, did you ever think in your mind, which is an idiotic idea, by the way? Let me put that out there. What to do an actor first? To 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 have the to not come up as a comedian is is wrong. <laughs> no, no. I well, don't, it's not wrong. I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't say it's wrong, but it's it's way harder to be respected among your peers that as way. as a comedian. Yes, you mean if you don't come up as a comedian, yeah. like as if if you wanted to be an actor and then yeah. you became a like, comic. I feel bad for for people that are actors that have always wanted to be a comedian and then they're like, I'm going to try it because it's like, oh man, you got to be extra good. Almost. Well, what's worse is guys who want to be actors and they put together ten minutes to try to get showcases, right? In a way, but yeah. I, I don't, I don't know like how queer you were about what you were doing when you started. But you know, even if you talk to Dice, uh-huh. you know, Dice wanted to be an actor. Really? Yeah. Huh. That's all he wanted to be. Really? He wanted to be a fucking actor. I mean, there's different reasons to do stand up. For me, it was always about I'm a. I feel like I'm a comedian, and acting is great because you can work if you work. And you but make did you money. train as an actor? I, I mean, did, yes. Okay, so but like, I dropped out of everything. Like I was. But just like, like, all right, so you're in high school, you're doing things. Okay, in your in your heart, you want to be a comedian, but you don't have the balls. All right, I get right. it. But you like you you want to be in in on camera. Yeah. So you want to act. Right. So you're doing plays. Right. And then you, what, you were you taking classes? Did, was your was. father helping you and, out? And I was. I went to NYU. Now, what, what's your dad thinking when you're telling him you want uh, his career in show business? Before he ever saw me do anything, he was like, I should probably talk to him about how hard it is. Yeah. Yeah. And he did? Uh, and then I think he saw me in a play and he was like, oh, I'll let him, you know. <laughs> Seems like he might have some. Maybe, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, I was probably terrible. <laughs> he but. didn't tell you this, though? He didn't say nah, that? No, he, he would. He, eventually, he said, I, I was. I was thinking I was probably going to have to, because you know, look, my dad's in the business, and he said he's. Oh, dude, he's heartbreaking. He's, he sits down in front of actors all all the time, his whole life, and and he says a lot of actors come in and audition, and he wishes somebody who loved them would be like, stop. Maybe you should, you know, <laughs> yeah, in a caring way. I mean, my dad's yeah, not right cold, but no, I, it's it's heartbreaking. Yeah, but, I mean, I I notice it all the time. Like you know, it was touch and go for me for a long time, but I mean, I didn't have anything else to do, you know. But I, I have right. to assume. You know when even when I was doing my show and you and I got to audition people, right? It, I I can barely handle. I it. know it's it's, it's you, so... you know to sit there. It's just sort of like, and I don't know what they're doing. I know. I don't know what they're doing all day. I yeah. don't know what like it's just heartbreaking. It is really, it really is. But but you know if someone's got a dream, they got a dream. Yeah, you got it. Well, you know not. And trying. you never know who the hell knows. I but yeah, at some point you kind of know, right? I guess, yeah, but sometimes <laughs> you don't just don't know. But, yeah, you're right. And well, also, well, but that's the thing, though. It's like if you if you hit on twenty, sometimes you're gonna get an ace. Like, right. and when that happens, people hear those stories and they're like, "Oh, well, I'll fucking try." Right. But you know? but but also for some people, the payoff is 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 different. You know, like if somebody gets like a like a, a one episode on a TV show and they've been banging their head against the wall for six years, right. it's a big deal. Right. Right. You know what I mean? I I don't know. I, I, it's a projection. To assume that they're right. all heartbroken. That's you know, no, they, absolutely, yeah. But I'm doing it, not you. But I, I just like no. Yeah. But I feel the same way. Yeah. When I'm watching that. Yeah, because yeah. it's our own fear. I mean, you know, yeah. you, 
You know, yeah, you did all right. You 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 uh, have more success than I did when I was your age. But uh, but you know, still, I got to imagine that on some level, you know how what, well you know you're doing pretty fucking well. I I don't assume that you're sitting there going like, what if this doesn't? What if this ends? Uh, well, that that's the other thing too. That's that's one of the best things about stand up is like yeah. at least you can always just do stand up going on stage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. that's true. That's true. That's in my mind. That's I know I can do that. Right. I yeah. can always do yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. But all right. So you you go to NYU. You went to NYU. Uh, yeah, I went for a year and then I dropped out because that was just like to the to the film program. Or the acting. I went program? to the acting program. Where you got in. That's an audition situation, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you were good enough to get in, and yes. then what happened? What, what um, do you, mean? you did. Yeah, yeah, I got in, and right. um, and I got in, and then I just when I think about it now, because I I don't ever really think about it, but like when I think about it now, like I, it was just like I, I didn't understand. Like we would like. I get acting is a craft or whatever, but like we had breathing class. Like yeah. we literally had a class called breathing and, and, and that was the class name and you would go and you would, you would fucking breathe. Like that was the class. And I, I, I mean, dude, imagine you in that class, like me in that class, it's the same thing. You're yeah. like, what? <laughs> so, but I, and then I'm like, all right, well let's do the thing. And then we would do the breathing and then, and then a, a teacher would be like, that's not really how you're supposed to do it. And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? We've been breathing the whole, I've been breathing for the whole, my life, dude. And <laughs> yeah. then there were classes that were, there was a movement class. And then there was a, I, I was just like, yo, get me the fuck out of here. This is not happening fast yeah. enough. I, this is not the kind of acting just, I had in I, mind. You know, and maybe that means, I, I, I don't know. Maybe that means I'm disrespectful. I don't know what the fuck that means. But for me, I was like, this is not what I, I can't do this. So that was one of the things where I was you like. You learned nothing. Well, no, there were teachers that were, were, that I respected there that I was like, oh, I like this. I like what he's saying. Um, and I can remember specific things where, like, I remember one time I did a scene with somebody and, uh. My act, one of my acting teachers that I liked a lot, his name was Ronnie. Yeah, uh, he was like, "Hey, you, you're not making eye contact with the person. Make eye contact with the person the whole time." And I was yeah. like, "Okay." And I did it. And I remember when I was doing the scene with them, I was like, "Wow, this feels like fucking for real," yeah, you yeah. know. And I was like, oh, "That's a good fucking note." <laughs> fucking look at the guy, you know. So <laughs> that's funny. If you wrote a book, one fucking look at the guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To breathe. <laughs> breathe. I guess. Don't get too hung up on yeah. it though. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so, um what other things did you did So you I care left with? that. So I left MIU. But that's one of those weird things though where you're like you, it stuck in your head, right? It did, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I remember that class. I remember that year very uh, pretty fucking vividly. Like that was a formative year in my life. Like I was in New York for a year. Yeah. It was cold as fuck. Yeah. You know, in the winter. You've never been out. Not yeah. since you were 12. Nah. Uh, yeah. Even still, when you're a kid, you're invincible, you know. Right. But now and you I'm, like it when it's Yeah, snows. now I'm 19 and I'm like, oh, this is real sh cold. I, I'm a person. I'm yeah. out. I'm walking in the streets. <laughs> Some guy will be like, fuck you. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. you're not. Like, I'm, I, this is me in life now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, uh, and, uh. Did you miss home? Um. I think I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I had been home and always very close with my family. So yeah. I think that year I was like, you know, I felt okay. I felt good. Yeah, but, good to be away. But I did go through um, an actual 
uh, real like kind of depression. Like in uh, when I, I, I was only, I wasn't going to class by the end of the year. Yeah. I was only, I was only sleeping in the day and I would only see the night. Like I would wake up at like 6 p.m. And then just kind of like go work out at like two a.m. Yeah, and I made so friends. you're isolated. Yeah, I was pretty fucking isolated, and and I was like not in college. Yeah, it was like I was in an, I was like a New Yorker. What were you doing? <laughs> I was like not a um, just like going out all night. I would wake eating? up, I would eat. Yeah, I would go to work out at two in the morning. Yeah, and then go get something to eat. I'd be like the only guy. If I felt like Travis Bickle, right? Like I was like the ta- I was like taxi driver. Like yeah. I was like. You know, you didn't, look you at these didn't... creeps, look at these fucking scum, look at yeah, these fucking yeah. people, and I'm one of Someday them. Someday a rain will come right. and wash exactly. <laughs> so, so no good. I was like Travis Bickle in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so. And so you called your parents to say, I'm going to drop out? Yeah, and they were mad. And I wrote a script that was called Union, and it was about my, it was about uh, kids that were in and out of college that were like they were they were spending their last year they were spending their last summer together before they were in and out of junior college and they were spending their last year summer together before one of them was going away to real college yeah and i actually i gave it to my feature? dad yeah it was a feature script i gave it to my dad and he was like it's really not it's it's not that bad like i'm going to give it to my guy yeah and so he helped me out and gave it to his agent his agent was like okay it was not bad. And then I I had an acting agent. I personally gave it to my acting agent. And they were like, this is really good. We want to give it to the literary department. And they gave it to the literary department. And I ended up selling it. Um, really? Yeah. I wrote it when I was like 19, yeah. 20. And I, I sold it. And, you know, never came to fruition. How much? But did I make yeah. off it? Oh, God. Um, Maybe $60,000. Uh-huh. I mean, that's a fucking lot of money for like a 20-year-old. Hell like, yeah. Oh, cool. Um, and they, I think what, what happened was they, they optioned it and then they hired me to rewrite it. Okay. That was what it was. And you rewrote it? Yeah. And, and it made the rounds and it was like this production company and that, 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 that bought it. And then it just never came out It never got into production. And then I got the rights back and then I ended up selling it again uh-huh. to a different company. So yeah. I made more money off the same script. Yeah. Um, and you're like, this is how show business works. I know. I'm like. But but as a kid, you know, as a twenty year old, I was like, I want fucking people to see my shit. Like right. I don't give a fuck about you know. Yeah. Uh, I was always fortunately very fine. Like my 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 dad was in the business, and I yeah. and he would he he was always there for me, right? Monetarily, if I needed right. it, you know. And um, so that was never a real concern for me, which is very fortunate. But yeah. Um. So I uh, I, I that script was like three or four years I was trying to get this thing made giving it to different people I would write I would write every day I would write every day different ideas different scripts yeah I write every day for eight hours like obsessed I would write every day from like and then nothing was happening and then I was always like because I always want to be a comedian and I would always come back to that and I was like you know what this plan of being an actor that's in the business and then getting people to see hey maybe I could do stand-up isn't working I've got nothing to lose. So were you doing any parts in movies or TV? I was TV? doing part, like I did a part in a movie that never came out. I did, but you were auditioning. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. you had an acting agent. Yeah. And now you had a literary agent too. Yes. And 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 what happened was I was like, I need people to see what I'm doing right now. Right. And I was like, 
stand-up comedy, you, I can go on stage tonight and open mic and be in front of somebody. Right. And they'll fucking understand that. But see, see what you're doing right now for acting? Or for what? Just because you wanted the reward of creating something and having it received. Well, I always thought I was funny. Right. And I was like, I, my, my friends, I, was, I loved making them laugh. And I was yeah. like, I'm just going to make people I don't know laugh. Right. And I'm going to try and do that. Because that's, that's what I always wanted to do, most importantly. So you've, you've been writing obsessively eight hours a day, auditioning, doing yeah. little parts and things that no one would see. Right. You're four years into it. You're like 22 years old. Yeah. And when do you decide to I do started it? doing, st- I did stand up once when I was 23. And then I was like, uh, I don't. I don't have a clue how that went, and then I didn't do it again for about two years. That happened to me too. Really? I, yeah. When I was in college, in nineteen maybe eighty three mm-hmm. or eighty four, like I, there was one summer. I think it was the summer before my last year. I'm like, I'm gonna do it. Like I'd done a team thing with right. a guy, and it was fun. And I'm like, I'm gonna do it myself. I just did open mics for a whole summer and drank and like just going on late. Yeah. And I'm like, God, oh God, damn it. It just almost killed me because yeah. I was so fucking miserable. Really? But I had another year of college, and I kind of put it on hold for that last uh-huh. year, the stand-up. And then right after college, I moved out here and became a doorman at the store. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know you were a doorman. Yeah. So why, why were you miserable, though? Because like... Well, I just because it was so hard. Is that like, oh, it, yeah. like there was no way in. There was no alternative room. There was no nothing. It's like you want to be a comic? Here's where the open mics are. All right, right so go sign up. And then see what happens. Right. So there was a lot of like, I would try to sign up almost every night to go somewhere. And then you'd end up like, you know, it was usually like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, maybe at places. Right. And then you'd wait around all night and you'd get bumped. And then you like, you'd go on for four people yeah, and I'd yeah, be drinking. Yeah. And, right. and it was like, and then you do five fucking minutes right. and your whole world is around these five minutes. And you do five minutes and you don't got another set for two weeks. And you just sat there going like, oh, fuck, I got to do this five minutes. And I, <laughs> you know, it was like crazy. <laughs> It Crazy. feels like you feel it now. Yeah. <laughs> because you're, everything's hanging on it. Like, I didn't yeah. know what else to do. I didn't want right. to do anything else. So it was like, you just like all day, you're like, oh, on next next Tuesday, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and I hope I can go on when there's when there's more than five yeah, people there. People, yeah. Right. That was what it was. Wow. And then, uh, but whatever. So what? So where'd you go on when you were 23? The Haha ha Cafe. Oh, out in Burbank? In, in uh, North Hollywood, I guess it would, yeah. it would be. And then I went again and twenty when I was 20. What did you do? Like one guy? One bit? One character? Two uh, no, characters? No, I did uh, I did five minutes. I don't even, you know, five minutes of, I don't even remember. I, I really? Was, I think I talked about the joke. Oh, I talked about the TV show 24. It was when okay. that was really popular. Okay. Um, It was my New Year's resolution, I remember. In 2006, mm-hmm. January 2nd. I went on stage and I was like, I'm gonna go on stage once a week. Mm-hmm. I went on stage January second and I was like, fuck it. I went on stage January third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and I was just like, I just did it. You were I in. just started doing it. Yeah. Every night. Yeah. And I loved it. And yeah. then like a month later I got my first real whatever show. It was a bringer show. Where? But at the haha. Oh, so that but was I, your place. But oh yeah, for years that was my place. Yeah. I loved that place. Yeah. Um, because you could do the open mic and then stay and do the show, right? Um, and it's an intimate room. It's not it a is. bad room. Yeah. yeah, it's not bad at all. Yeah, uh, it's anytime someone's coming up, they're like, "What should I do?" I was like, "Go to the Haha Cafe." Yeah, hang Just out, do that shit. Yeah. Um, and then that's like the version of like, don't go to don't go to the store yet. You absolutely, know, stay in the town. Absolutely, stay, stay over the hill for a little while. Absolutely, I did this. I did the comedy store like two years in, and I fucking, I mean, I I ate shit, and I was like. How 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 did I eat shit 
that much at the OR. Yes. Oh, that because well, the hardest room ever. It's like it'll eat your guts out. Yeah. You, to figure out how to play that room. Yep. It's fucking. It's crazy. crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> it's even crazy. even if even if you don't do it for a while, and, oh, yeah, and then you go fuck. back, you're like, wait, 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 Whoa. wait. Okay, how do I do this again? Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's like you, you know, like sometimes in that room, that first joke doesn't go. You just feel it like poof. It's so like, weird and what? interesting how it's like that. You're right. And, yeah. and and there are nights there where you're like, oh, this is this is the best this is going to get. Like you know, like oh yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm not going to get them over the hump. This is right, not going right, to fucking right, happen. Right, 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 right. This is it. <laughs> right. But it's okay. So you're two years in at the haha. You're just doing that. Yeah. And then what? You you go to a Monday night at the store. I I yeah. I went to Sunday or Monday, whatever it was. Yeah. I went with some of the guys I knew from the haha. Who? Oh fuck. Still around? No, none of them. I don't think any of them are really. Um and. Uh, I ate shit specifically hard, like 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 because you're cocky more than anyone. And just yes, you. yes, a right. whole, absolutely right. Because I probably was doing well at the haha, right? And I was like, I got this shit, right? That's the worst attitude at the comedy store. Oh no, yes, but <laughs> and <laughs> it'll just eat you. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, okay. And I remember having the thought, don't go back there again for a while. Yeah. <laughs> this is the comedy store, and I was like, I should have more respect for this fucking place. I and and. uh and I didn't go back until people would be like, come by the comedy store. I'd be like, nah. For how long? Another year. Uh-huh. Another year and a half. I I remember, like, I wanted to make it where I never wanted to be and uh, the guy who was like, can I do a spot? Right. I always thought, if somebody wants me to do a spot, they'll ask me to do a spot. And, right. th- and that's how I'm going to play it. And keep your dignity. A hundred percent. And that's how I'm going to play it. And and so I would do the belly room and I did the belly room for probably a year and a half. And Just I, out of stubborn pride, you weren't going to fucking kiss any ass. Absolutely not. Right. And I didn't do it. And, and I would and I would and I would literally stay there from nine to to whenever and even when I would get on I would stay there afterwards because I felt like being here is a good idea you know yeah. and and um, so you were just a guy hanging around. Yes, mind you, I was married then. So when that, did that happen? That was two thousand six who the fuck did you marry i married a girl a, a really sweet girl she's great uh her name is emily yeah and uh how long did you date her sh- f- uh, two years uh-huh and then you got married and we got married for about a year and a half what went wrong well i think it started with me doing you know stand up every night yeah and then you know but were you living with her oh you're yeah, married yeah we you were living together a, in, in the valley apartment? yeah in the apartment in the valley and uh and she wanted to start a family she's not in the business no she is an actress and, uh-huh. and she works every now and then and um i just um yeah it just it just my i i was i mean it's just so cliche but i was married to the you know stand up it was like that's sure, so corny yeah, to say right like, and and so it didn't end acrimoniously or what we were cool. We're cool now. You like, are. She's great. She's engaged. And, okay. and I, whenever I see her, you know, you run into people in LA, you're like, hey, what's up? How you doing? You you're know, happy. But, yeah. The guy, not that it matters to what I think, but the guy's great. You know, it's oh, like, good. it's cool. It's cool to see. What's well, a good story? Uh, well, also, I think that they're up until I think she got re- engaged recently. Like, I would always feel guilty. Right. And now that this is, uh, you know, this may be conceded, but now, now I, now that I know that she's engaged and happy, yeah. I'm like, oh, Thank you. <laughs> Fuck. okay, good. I, I didn't destroy her life. Yeah, well, it wasn't that bad, right? No, no, but, but it she mu- loved you. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. 
you know, yeah, she, I do. She wanted a family, and yeah. I, I was like, but I gotta make yeah. money. Yeah, but I'm selfish, and yeah, and but I, what I, about I, I, I want everything I want? Yeah, I want to do stand up and fuck random people. So <laughs> like, a lot of things I said I still have to do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but uh, all right. So, so how does it uh, transpire at the store? To, that where uh, things change. Well, so Tommy, who worked yeah. as the general manager, right? He was uh, there every night almost and laying the school on you. It's like pretty soon, man. Pretty soon. Well, I I never even went down there because I didn't want to. I I didn't want to. I was so insecure. I didn't want people to be like, oh, he's probably near. I didn't want Tommy to think, oh, he's near me because he yeah, wants a spot. Well, what? You'd be one of like 20, 30 I people. I know. Wandering around acting like they didn't really want anything. I know. I know, right? <laughs> you know, I know. Being cool. Um. So to- Tommy actually said to me, he said, hey, when are you going to start coming down to the original room Sunday, Monday? And I was like, oh, shit. This is what I was, you know. Yeah. I wasn't trying to get any spots. So he saw you up there. I think he, well, he, he and he said, he's like, you know, I, I peek my head in every now and then, you know, and people talk about you and you come you know come down sunday i'll get you in yeah and i was like okay i'll be there sunday yeah and i got there sunday and i remember like dan bilek yeah who would run the thing room there i would be like uh hey uh tommy said to come down or whatever and dan's like yeah okay tommy told that to 20 fucking people you know okay i was like oh shit okay that's how this works yeah so i was like okay i'm just gonna be here until 2 a.m yeah if you got time great if not fuck i don't give a shit yeah and then i would do that sunday monday nights so now i was doing that friday nights and was he uh, sunday monday nights I would get on every now and then, maybe every other week. You'd wait there all night. I would wait there all night. I, I'd be like, "This is my job, I guess. If if I want to be a comedian, <laughs> this is part of it." Waiting. I would do it yeah. every dude. I'm telling you, I would do it Sunday, Monday from nine to fucking two a.m. I would sit there, and and I wouldn't hate it. Yeah, because you're watching everybody else. Yeah, and you're sitting there going like, "I can do that." Yeah, you know, or I'm hanging out back, meeting people. Like yeah. I don't know. It was just like. I don't know. Yeah, no, I know this. Yeah, yeah, you know, but like it's, it's our people. Yeah, yeah. So, so eventually, so what eventually, happened? Tommy was like, uh, so eventually, I got on, and then he's putting a showcase together for Mitzi. This is when she was still watching the showcases, and it was, I think, it was the last, I think, it was the last time she came to the club for a showcase. Huh. And I went up, and I and she passed me, and and I think the next person she passed was Justin Martindale. And but that wasn't for a showcase. She was just like there and saw mm-hmm. him in a bringer show. Yeah, and I don't think she's been there since. That was it, huh? Yeah, got in under the wire. Yeah, so and then he, that and feels he, good though. That yeah. felt good. And then he just started working you. Yeah, he started working. You know, I would do fucking twelve thirty spots. Um, but that makes it like I, I was never the guy that had that. That was always a drag because you really got to fucking push. I made I, you strong, right? I yeah, it really did, and I I fucking loved. 1230 spots man I'll, I would still do them if if that was my spot I would still do them I, I loved doing it man why I loved that there were eight people that I fucking don't know that were maybe two of them thought hey that guy looks cool yeah. or maybe six of them thought fuck this guy yeah I just loved that I loved being like the half empty room fuck it yeah what, what the fuck do I have to lose at this point yeah and then if I got them laughing man that was that that was like yeah, that was like the best thing ever. I was yeah. just like, man, I, I, it was a step every every time that These happened. These idiots it was a step have been closer. here for three hours. Yep. They seen some really funny guys and some fucking terrible guys. Yeah, and their brains have been fucked. Yeah, they're not even. They're like right now. They're like, man, stand up comedy is probably the last thing I want to watch. Yeah, yeah. And if we'll I'm, go, we'll go after the next guy. 
Yeah. All right, this guy. We'll stay one more. Yeah, and they're just be, they're just being there. Yeah. And and if I made them laugh, it was just, I felt like a step closer to just being a real comedian. And then you just started. He just started integrating you into this. Yeah. Schedule. And then it, every night. And then he. And then one night, I, he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna put you after John Caparulo. I'm gonna put you." Out. He would always put me after Rick Ingram. Yeah. Which he would Doing just crowd like, work. He would tear the room apart, and yeah. people love him. You know. Yeah. And he's hard, you know. He's hard to follow. And um, I would go up and 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 try to put the room back together. And and then I just felt like, man, I, I have no business being here. I have no business being here. But then you're just like, oh, I guess I fucking know everybody. Yeah. I guess I'm one of these guys. <laughs> you know. You just kind of like, oh, now some. Then you look at someone else looking at you like that. Yeah. And you're yeah, like, I know that. Oh look. shit! Yeah. I'm the Steve Renazizi part now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's funny. So how did the how did the relationship with Whitney? How did that casting go with her show we, with Whitney? We started doing well. She had been around doing open mics, and when you started, I had I when I already started, I knew of her, uh, but but haha, um, nah, she was everywhere. Yeah, I felt like yeah. are there three? I was like, are there three of her? Yeah. Like. She just went everywhere doing everywhere. Sets. Yeah. She was at fucking. She was like doing a set somewhere where there was no show. Yeah, and um, <laughs> and he'd be like, oh, all right. Uh, and so she would be like, I remember one of the first things she said to me. She was like, "You from San Diego?" And I was like, "No." And she's like, "You look like you'd be from fucking San Diego. You look like healthy and shit." And I was like, "I'm from New Jersey." <laughs> and she was like, "Oh, all right. Well, that's a compliment." <laughs> yeah. And I was like, "Oh, okay." And um, did you have a romantic thing with her? No, but like, at least to me, it felt like flirting. Yeah, you know. Um, but and then and then we just you know she she was like my peer yeah. in comedy. So and you you know coming up you 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 really cling to those. Sure. So um, we she got past at the comedy store. Yeah. And then maybe like a year later, I did. And um, but she would like be like very like coachy to me but i wanted it it wasn't yeah. like she was you know and um and so she was like i wrote this script i'm gonna try and pitch this show i, I wrote it with you in mind to play my boyfriend and i was like oh cool i, I wonder who's gonna end up playing it you yeah. know like because that you hear that fucking every other day in hollywood <laughs> yeah as a young actor so so uh she was uh she 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 was like i, I sold it and i was like whoa yeah. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. To NBC. Oh, great. She was like, I, I want you to play the boyfriend. I was like, cool. I mean, I've heard that so much. Yeah. So, whatever. I, I'm, yeah. I'm jaded at this point. It's like I grew up in the business. I know how it goes. You right. know? So, um, she's like, hey, uh, we want you to come in and read for it. I was like, cool. I went in and I read for it um, with her and the producer of the show. Yeah. And sh I left, and Whitney called me. She's like, hey, we're going to test you for it. Like, you're great. And I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, I'm not gonna get this fucking part right. because it. You know why? Because if because it, it was written for me. Right. That's why. Yeah, and there's a million actors. Right. And uh, yeah, it, it's just not how it works. Yeah. And so, uh, I tested for it, and I had really long hair and a beard. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not cutting it for yeah. the test. Yeah. They're gonna fucking who gives a shit? They're gonna be like, he's too hairy. Right. And who cares? Yeah. I went in and. Um, so I get some part of you really just is insecure and like fuck you. Yeah, absolutely, a hundred percent. Yeah, you're like you almost didn't want the part. And at this point, yeah. And at this point, well, I mean, a part of me was like, at this point, I was like, whatever, I can do stand up. Yeah, you know. And um, 
but deeply wanting the part. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, just like would probably kill small animals for this part. <laughs> yeah. And um, and I, I auditioned for it, and and I and I got it, and and. And it was shave. Uh, yeah, and I cut my hair yeah. for the part, yeah. and uh, and I I trimmed my beard. Yeah, and it was funny too, actually, because I was like, oh, they're gonna make me fucking go short, and everyone on TV has it, and they were like, oh, let, let them keep a little beard, and I was like, oh, cool, maybe like maybe like they think that's my style, yeah. like maybe they they know me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so I got it, and it got picked up, and we got a first season, and. It felt like we were all we were holding on the yeah. whole first season, just yeah. trying to figure out the show. And, yeah, and then we got a second season, and we were like, "Fuck, oh, cool, man!" And then, uh, and then it got canceled, and then I, I got this other gig, Undateable. How'd that come about? Undateable? Bill Lawrence, a fan? Uh, yeah, it, it was actually funny because I was on Whitney for yeah. the second season, and you know how they don't decide to pick up the shows for yeah. a while until they do. It's a nightmare, and. Bill Lawrence cast Brent Morin, who mm-hmm. you you know Brent. Yeah, he's a comedian, funny, and he um, is a buddy of mine. I've known him for years and years and years. Like I've known him for when he first started. When we first started stand up, we kind of started at the same time, but he was nineteen. Yeah. So, so uh, Brent, so Brent would uh, Brent had that part. He had like the the co lead of the yeah. Undateable, and Bill was like, I I you know he said something like, "You're friends with Chris D'Elia." I want him to be the other guy. And um, Brent's like, that's great. He's on Whitney for NBC and Undateable is for NBC. Like, you can't even have him in second position because if they say, the whole thing was, if the head of NBC said, yeah, shoot that pilot with Chris, then he's kind of saying, who gives a fuck about Whitney in a way? Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Otherwise, if they pick up both shows, they got to reshoot Undateable. Yeah. But um, I... Uh, Bill has got some, you know, clout. So he was like, I don't care if you pick up Whitney, great. I still want to shoot the pilot with Chris. Yeah. So I shot the pilot and Whitney got canceled. And Whitney was like, I called Whitney. I remember I called her and I was like, hey, um, I, they offered me this role on Undateable and I I don't want to take it. Obviously, be in second position, but I don't want to take it unless it's okay with you. Uh-huh. And she was like, oh, go for it, of course. What network is it for? And I was like, NBC. And she was like, oh, uh, okay, well, yeah, fuck it. I mean, you got you to gotta, you gotta work. So, But that was a sign to her that it must have been, yeah, the writing was I, on the wall. I get, I, you know, I guess looking at it, just, yeah, that's what it was. But it, it certainly, the head of NBC was like, Bill, Lawrence, I'm not deciding to cancel Whitney. If you want to shoot the fucking pilot, go ahead. It, it felt like that. So Bill was throwing, rolling it the dice. It felt like Bill was rolling the dice. Right. Um, but So I don't really know the real reason of why. What, but, what, and how's the show doing? On Data was doing well. We're going into the second season. I think creatively the show is, NBC really likes the show. And it's, um, the people who watched it, it feels like they really like it. So that's great. You know, that's yeah. not always the case. And how's your dad feel about your success? <laughs> I, I, he's the most sentimental guy in the world. So it's, it's, um, it's, it's almost, it's almost emotional to watch him be emotional about it. You know, he posted a thing the other day because, you know, I, I played town hall and the other, the other day and at the New York comedy yeah. festival and he put this post on Facebook. My, my, my grandfather, 
Bam, uh, Grandpa Bam. He, he, you know, he passed away, but he used to sell newspapers like right near Town Hall, uh-huh. and uh, that's like just emotion overload for my dad. It's like, yeah. I mean, my man, my dad used to sell papers here and and make people laugh. You know, people would drive up politi- from politicians to 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 garbage workers, and and they would come up, and my my and my dad would sell them papers, and now you're here, and you're and you sold out Town Hall, and. Uh, man, now that I say it out loud, now it's just really sweet, and it's just it's just very cool that that my dad feels that way about that, you know. Well, I'm I'm glad you're doing well. It's good talking to you, man. Yeah, it was good. Man. I feel I, like we got to know each other. Yeah, I do too, man. Right. I, I, you know, I've spent it, I've spent enough time with you, but it's it's nice to have this conversation with you. All right, thanks for doing yeah. it. That's it. That's our show. That was Chris D'Elia. This is me. I'm back. I enjoy talking to Chris. I enjoy the comedy store. That's where we work. Comedy store, between me and you, is really the last of the... In L.A., it's the only real comedy club. It just is. It's like, it it is exactly how it was. Give or take a few repairs and weird impulsive additions. But the structure is the same. The tone of the room is the same as it was in the early 70s when Mitzi Shore took it over. It is it is a very cool place to go again. I'm very thrilled about that. The crowds have been great. They're selling out again. And it's really the only it's really the only real comedy club in Los Angeles right now. The Ice House, too, uh, is actually a, a great old room. Um, though, but like I go to the comedy store because it's 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 a comics comedy club. You know when some people say, you know, you're a comics comic or whatever. The comedy store is actually a comics comedy club and it's its own world. And I'm glad people are starting to appreciate the weird creepy history and darkness and those rooms are just magic some nights and other nights they're just fucking evil. But uh it's pretty amazing to see the life coming back into that place. I don't even know why I'm talking about it. I I just want to make sure everybody knows that if you come to Los Angeles, Go to the comedy store because that's the real shit there. All right? That's what I'm saying. Uh, go to WTFPod.com for all your WTF Pod needs and uh, you know, get on that mailing list if you want to hear from me every week and get some uh, merch if you want. New posters are coming. Check the dates. Check the dates. WTFPod.com slash calendar. Get some just coffee if you want. Oh, blah, blah. I don't know, man. For years, my relationship with the comedy store was so weird and so tenuous and so frightening. It was really like, a, like I said that before, though. It's like you know, going to talk with your abuser every time it went to work there. Just there was something that just blew my mind about that place. But it's really fascinating. It's cool again, and I, you know, it's, it's amazing to see some place like that that's gone through so many different weird. Periods, you know, in the seventies, early seventies, Richard Pryor turned that place inside out, made it just to like pack it out. And then there was the Kennison years and the Dice years, and then Robin and Roseanne and Jim Carrey were there the years, and, and then there was the weird years, some years where it was just like dangerous, even. Then kind of like wandered, didn't know if it was going to survive, and, and now it's just like thriving. It's such a trip, man. I was a doorman at that place when I was 22. I feel so connected to it. It's just so good to feel it 
being alive. I'm rambling about the fucking comedy store. Jesus. Boomer lives.